Hello and welcome to Coffee with Cindy, a weekly devotion to strengthen and encourage you. Here is your host, Cindy Lauterbach. Keys. What do they do? Do we need them? And for what? How many keys do you have? More than one? Look, I have a lot of keys here on this ring. There's a key to the door of the building, to my office, a special key that holds, you know, that adjusts the heat and the air conditioning, a key to my filing cabinet, a key to my handicap lift. I've chosen to keep these keys around my neck so I won't lose them or misplace them. Whether around one's neck or in another place, we want to keep keys in a safe place, a place we'll remember so we won't have to look for them if we need them, right? Yes, keys, they lock doors and they unlock them, locking us in and locking us out. Have you ever gotten locked out of your car, your home, maybe your office, and you didn't have the key to get back in? I have a few times. And why do we lock doors anyway? Maybe it's because we want to protect what's inside. We don't want everyone to have access to the things that are in there, those important things. Nor do we want someone to take or steal what's behind the locked door. Doors are not the only things we lock. Some of us lock jewelry boxes, drawers, windows, lockers. Some even have a safe in their home or a safety deposit box at a financial institution where important papers are kept, such as birth certificates, passports, coins, anything else that's important to them. All these things are locked with the key. And only those with the key have access to what's inside. What if I told you there was a key that could unlock the door to your heart? A key that could give you unconditional love, peace, joy, rest. Would you be interested would you ask me where you could get this key? Ask me, how much does it cost? And I would tell you this key is available to everyone, everyone who asks, anyone who invites the key holder into their lives. This key is Jesus. He's great at unlocking areas of our hearts that we've locked, that we've kept people out, for one reason or another. If we give Jesus the key to our lives to come into those locked areas of our hearts, he'll come and clean up all the messes we've made. No matter how much or how big of a mess your life might be, he'll clean it up. And I tell you, he goes beyond just wiping it down and dusting the, the dirt from our lives. He gives us more. He goes deeper. He gives us a brand new life, one of forgiveness, filling our hearts back up with joy, putting us back together again, broken piece by broken piece. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old life is gone with all its mistakes, failures, and guilt. It's passed away, and a new life in Christ has begun. First, he'll usually start by cleaning us up on the inside by working on our attitudes, our opinions, our thoughts, renewing our mind with his thoughts, his ways, making us into a new creation. If Jesus were to ask you for the key to your heart, would you give it to him? Have you given it to him? And does he still have it? Or did you ask for it back? Have you changed your mind about giving him access into your heart? Maybe you felt a little funny about asking him for the key back. So you went ahead and you changed the lock instead. You know, we can do that. We changed the lock because we wanted to make sure Jesus could not get back in. <laughs> Why might we take back the key we had given to Jesus in the first place? Why would we want it back? Well, maybe it's because we didn't like the way he handled our past situations. Maybe we didn't agree with how he handled things. Maybe we don't want him to have access into every area of our heart. Maybe it's just because we just don't want Jesus to be the Lord of our lives. He can be a part, but not Lord. To make him Lord would allow him to call all the shots run our lives as he sees fit, we would be handing our entire life over to him. Wow, that's quite a commitment. One that requires great trust. Maybe we don't want that. We would rather be the Lord of our lives, only have him on the sidelines as a resource to call on when we need him, like a lifeline not wanting him to lead, just to be available to help if we need it and if we ask him. But you know what? God will not have it this way. When we give Jesus the key to our lives, he leads. One of the Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Luke 12, 31 says, Seek First, the kingdom of God, above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Luke 14, says, So then, any of you who does not forsake, another word forsake would be renounce or surrender, give up, say goodbye to, anyone who does not do this to everything that he has, Jesus says, cannot be my disciple. I once heard a great story from Ron Hutchcraft. He talks about a driver passing a man who's walking on the side of the road. Thinking he recognizes the man, he backs up. To his surprise, he realizes it's Jesus. He stops, rolls down his window, and says, Jesus, come ride with me. Jesus, shaking his head, tells him no. What? Jesus, you won't ride with me? Jesus responds by saying this, I don't ride. 
I drive. If God has our best interest in mind, and he does, why wouldn't we allow him to drive, to lead? Why wouldn't we trust him with everything? So what seat are you sitting in? Have you moved over into the passenger seat and handed the keys, the keys to your life to Jesus, allowing him to lead your life through the valleys, even though some of them are quite deep, and over those mountains? Is he Lord over every part of your life? If you're not sure, just ask him. He'll show you. Thank you for joining Cindy for this week's devotion. We hope that you were encouraged and that you subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. We look forward to getting together with you again next week.